Welcome to Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Common Sense Leadership is an influencer podcast that will make you think, laugh, and act. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe and tell a friend to also listen and subscribe. Now, let's join our host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Welcome to our July installment of Common Sense Leadership Influencer Podcast. This month, we continue our conversations around public service, and I am so excited to do that. Well, you know, in June and July, our theme is a call to public service, a leadership journey. And that allows us an opportunity to really look at public service and take a closer look at public service really from the other side, not just talking about uh, what we do in an organization, but how working with an organization has really changed our life. And I'm excited because this month I am my first guest. I always say when I have a guest on that I'm super stoked to have a particular person on. Well, I want you to know today, I'm like super stoked to have myself on as my own guest today. Can you believe that? So, so listen, let's, let's look at uh, public service and let's look at public service from an angle uh, where we're looking at it from a more personal standpoint, that leadership journey. And so when you think about public service, I want you to think about it through the, the lens of some very extraordinary people. For June, we had phenomenal guests on talking about not only the work that their organization did, but their impact and how they participated in the work of their organization and their agency. And that's what we're gonna do again here in July. We're gonna look at these extraordinary people performing critical, critical work in areas that are often overlooked and usually misunderstood. So today I'll share my leadership journey uh, through public service. I, I'm excited to, to be my own guest again and, and, and to really share uh, how impactful being in public service has been to me and what it has meant to me as an individual, what it has meant to me as a leader and also as an entrepreneur. So I'll talk about that. And so for my public service journey, I want to talk about it uh, in terms of three buckets. And those three buckets will really encompass where I was in public service. And I'll look at those and the, the brief lessons. I won't tell you everything. I'll just tell you some of the key lessons that I learned when I was in those particular uh, areas of, of public service. So again, I'm looking at those three buckets in terms of the agencies and the level of public service that I was involved in. So the first one was really around local and county government. And I was a uh, city planner for a Charlotte Mecklenburg Planning Commission, uh, right out of grad school out of Chapel Hill. And, and I was excited to be working in government. Uh, I, I kind of thought like a lot of young people leaving college with a great degree, masters, and I'm the master of my universe. And you know, kind of thinking about what else I could do and I had a conversation as I was working on my thesis, I had this great conversation with a now a good friend who has since passed away, Harry Jones. Uh, he was the county manager uh, for Mecklenburg County here in North Carolina, here in Charlotte. And he said something to me that really made me think a little bit more closely and a little bit more carefully about a career in public service. At the time, I was finishing my, my thesis at Chapel Hill. He was the uh, public housing director in Fayetteville, North Carolina. 
So I called him up because I was doing a piece on defensible space and the importance of defensible space in public housing. And so I went down, talked to him. That was the first time I met him. He was from Dallas and he was, he was doing this, this great work down there. And, and I talked to him about, he said, well, so what do you want to do? And when you get this degree, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, I was thinking about doing something in corporate America. I was thinking about doing this. Now going down to Charlotte, back to Charlotte. He said, let me tell you something. He said, LD, the best decision you would ever make is to work in public service. He said, let me tell you why. He said, no, you don't, you won't make a boatload of money. He said, but what will happen is you will feel so much better about yourself and about the work that you're doing because you will be in service of others. He also told me that in public service, you learn a lot about a lot of things. And that was some great advice that I took from the late Harry Jones. And, and that advice really steered me and really kept me on course with my public service career. So when I was at uh, local and county government with the planning commission, uh, a couple of things, the importance of that, that work at that level for me was to understand the necessity of public service, not just the importance of it, but the necessity of public service. And I know sometimes when we think about public service and we think about uh, government agencies, we tend to go by the big headlines, what's leading on the news. And typically it's not very positive, but the thing that there's a quote, all politics are local. I learned that and I learned the value of that quote and learning the value of, of really who are the players at that local level, understanding who's making things happen at the local government level. And that was important for me because when you're, when you're leaving school and you're, you're getting started, you, you don't really have a, a clear understanding of how decisions are made and how things happen. And so other, the second lesson that I really learned while I was at local and, and county government was on collaboration. You know, the importance of working with people from different agencies, even if I'm in the city, I'm working with people in the county and vice versa. That's where I really learned the value. And my first lesson actually, cross-functionality, what it means to work across, not just, my, not just within my agency, but working across and working with people that have different, uh, different uh, leadership styles, working with people that have different mission focus. That was important for me. Then I left uh, city county government and then I work, went to work for the state. I was working at uh, Department of Transportation. And the great thing about the uh, Department of Transportation where I was, I was in the public transportation division. And the great thing about this particular job was that I started there as an intern. And when you think about internships, I know there are a lot of great internships out there, but my internship uh, with public transportation while I was in grad school really showed me just how important public transportation was. You know, I had my own car, so who needs public transportation? But I learned the, the importance of public transportation and how it interconnects with our land use and how things work. So the value of just really understanding systems is what I learned at the state level. You know, how do things fit together and, and how do things fit together so that they work together and then work together well? That was a, a, just a lesson that I didn't even know. Sometimes you don't even know what you don't know. 
You don't know what you don't know. And that gave me a deeper, a deeper examination. I, I had a, I had a, f- a front row seat and really understanding better around structure and systems. And so I have a strong passion. Uh, my PhD, part of it is, is around organizational effectiveness and how do we look at organizations and systems and help them to perform more effectively and to perform better. And so that, that learning and that passion for systems and organizational effectiveness really came when I was operating and, and, and working at the state level. And so, you know, when you think about uh, the kinds of things that you learn and the kinds of things you want to learn, I was so intrigued by just the intricacy of how decisions were made. I was like, I was like a kid in a candy store. Uh, I was able to go uh, through the leadership at, P- at uh, PTD or public transportation. I was able to, with that leadership and, and with some of the other folks that were at DOT that saw something in me and allowed me to go to board meetings and allowed me to see how decisions were being made, how they worked with, how the, the state entities worked with federal entities, how we collaborated and made sure that projects were completed and were completed to an ex- to the extent that the public was served. So that understanding really of decision-making and, and that whole decision-making process, I, I loved working at that level and I loved just understanding how things were done. And so my final bucket is, is the federal service bucket. And I tell you, I loved my time in federal service. I was at the U.S. Census Bureau. And I tell you, there are so many lessons I learned there. And I think when I, when I think back on my leadership and my leadership style, and I, I think back to how I look at sometimes very tough decisions that leaders have to make, I must say, that that courage and that focus, that perspective was really developed at the federal level. And at the federal level, one of the key lessons I learned, and there are several, there are several. Uh, one of the key lessons I learned was I learned the value of innovation and creativity. And, and I know when you think of a uh, federal service, you don't really think about a lot of leeway and a lot of latitude around being creative. Ah, oh, but you are so wrong. That's where I really kind of stretched my wings and and really got the courage to be more innovative and more creative. And I'm going to tell you a little bit later on in in my leadership journey why that was so important and how I was empowered to make that kind of thing happen. And so it really was at that level, at the federal level, that I truly understood my value. Mm, let that sit in for a while, sink in for a, for a second there. I was really, I really understood, I think fully, more fully, my value. And my value, not just as uh, a leader, not just as a person, but as a leader who had access to power and understood how to manage that. And I think that's important is, is not just to be a leader, but to be a leader that really and truly understands the weight of power and the responsibility of power. And so I, I learned that at the federal level. And, and you know, the, the differences that I, I, I learned and the things that I learned 
some of the nuances that I learned about leadership, I learned it at the federal level. And, and to really be able to balance that and to be able to, to understand how can you make a real difference? And I learned that there. Sure, I, I, I picked up various things along the way, but it wasn't until I was in federal service that I really and truly understood my value, understood the responsibility of having power and having access to power. And I'll tell you about the power piece uh, in just a second. But when you think of, when I think about um, just how much I stretched uh, when I got to that level, there are several things that have been happening that had happened in my personal life. You know, my, my godfather and my longtime uh, mentor and confidant, he had passed away. And I felt like this was a this was my turn and my time to really kind of stretch and, and really get out there and and see what I could do. And to really look at the things that I picked up in that in at the local and the and the county level and at the state level, and now here I am at the federal level. What could I do uh, in this in this space that I could really make a, a contribution in a strong way? And also, can I grow? I, I always believe that as leaders and as and as individuals, we should always feel like we're constantly growing whether it be in one area or another area, whether it be in terms of, of a technical expertise or whether it be in terms of leadership and how to lead and how to lead people, how I approach uh, diverse individuals and how do, I, how do I approach difficult situations? How do I approach those difficult conversations? And throughout my career, I, I, I must say, and I will say this unabashedly, I have been blessed with not just good leaders, but great leaders. And, and it, was, it wasn't until I reached federal service that I really experienced, you know, just the empowerment of leadership, empowering leadership. I had people that came into my life that really said to me, hey, you can do this, do it. And we're standing behind you. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, when you think of, of leaders and you think of, of the people that impacted your life, I think all of us can possibly say this. I'm sure people that let you know that they trust you, they have confidence in you, they embolden you, you know, they, they make you feel like, hey, uh, oh, I cannot leap tall buildings in a single bound, okay? Because these people believe in me. And I must say, and, I, and I've got, you know, I, I didn't want to, to call a lot of names uh, within my journey, about my journey, through my journey, because I, I knew I'd probably miss some people. But there are some folks that I came in contact with at the U.S. Census Bureau that really, really changed my life in terms of how I lead today and how I deal with others, and especially in difficult situations, and, and how do I make decisions and, and stand behind those decisions and then make decisions work? How do I bring people together and help them to coalesce? My first, my very first manager at the U.S. Census Bureau was my good friend, uh, Cindy Scurry Johnson. She's a sorority sister, go DST. And uh, one of the things that, that she taught me was really how to manage, how to manage people. Just, real, just a very diverse team I had. And she taught me how to make those tough decisions. One thing she told me, I remember I had to, to fire somebody. 
First time ever firing anybody. And I was upset, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never had to do this. And that the next morning I came in and I was talking to her about it. And she very calmly, which anybody that knows, uh, Cindy knows that she's very super calm, right? And so she looked at me and I, I kind of bemoaned the situation. And she said, let me tell you something. You don't fire people. People fire themselves. You are simply managing the administrative process. <laughs> And you know, it sounded, it sounds kind of cold, but it's true. And what that did for me is that that allowed me to release the burden of feeling like I was firing someone. And, and she said to me, she said, uh, and I said, well, you know, I'm kind of feeling like, you know, uh, I'm messing with people's livelihood, you know, I'm interrupting. And she said, didn't they know that? They knew that better than you. You just simply need to do your job. And she was very emphatic, but, but very compassionate. She said, just do your job, do your job and move on. And I, and I, and I appreciated that about her. And I still appreciate that about her because throughout our time together as manager and, and subordinate, she taught me so many things about dealing with those difficult situations and how to, how to, how to confront those challenges that otherwise you may, you know, kind of pass off to someone else or delegate. The next person uh, that has that really made an impact on my life. And, and he is, he is a, a brother from another mother. That's Marvin D. Rains. And Marvin, at the time I was uh, at Census, he was the Associate Director for Field Operations, which was the largest uh, manpower uh, segment of the Census. And here's a, here's a little known fact, and you can share this at the next party you're at. Uh, the largest peacetime effort that the country undertakes is the decennial census. Every 10 years, we mobilize uh, a, the largest group other than when we're at war. And so Marvin Rains was, was my manager when I got to headquarters and, and, and Marvin Navy guy, very regimented and, and very straightforward, you know? And one of the things I love most about Marvin was he allowed me to be me. He didn't try to change me. He didn't try to say, oh, well, I need you to be this. I was his special assistant. And we worked well together. And then at that time, uh, Jim Holmes, James Holmes, was the acting director. And he was the one that recommended, for, recommended me for the job. He said, I think you'll do well, and I think you will help Marvin uh, in his job as associate director. Marvin had never worked uh, for census. And so we worked well together. We were, I mean, we were blowing it up like gangbusters. And then the new director was appointed. He was, he was confirmed, Dr. Kenneth Pruitt. And Dr. Bruitt came in, he looked at my track record, and one afternoon I walked in and Marvin's looking all sad, and I was like, what's the problem? He goes, well, the director wants you to be his special assistant. And I was like, so, like, he can't make me go, can he? He's like, no, but I don't want to hold you back. I want you to, to reach your potential. So I said, well, I'll be right back. I walked down the hall and I, and I spoke to Dr. Pruitt and I said, hey, Ken, uh, I understand you want me to be your special assistant. He said, yes, I do. I said, well, listen, what I'd like to propose to you is this. Talk about innovation and creativity. I said, I would like to be your special assistant and Marvin's special assistant. I told him what grade I wanted. I told him what I needed to do that job and they gave it to me. So my time at headquarters was in a dual hatted role. I was special assistant to the associate director for field operations, Marvin Raines, and I was also special assistant 
to the director of the Census Bureau, Dr. Kenneth Pruitt. When I tell you that I became the kind of leader that I am today is because of those three people. Those people showed me so much trust. They showed me so much confidence. They were the people that said to me, hey, LD, if you said it, make it happen. And they gave me every resource that I needed to get it done. I can remember having kind of going back and forth with some folks in another, uh, in another uh, department. And I remember Marvin said to me, come on, let's go. We walk upstairs and he was, I think he's like six, three or something. And he's taking these long strides. We're heading upstairs to talk to this other group. And he walked in and he said, listen, if LD says it, it's like I'm saying, if LD signs it, it's like I've signed it. Are we clear? They were like, uh, yes, sir. We're clear from then on. Now, you know, I was in it and that gave me so much courage. It fueled my courage. I never, I never wanted to abuse their trust or to disappoint them or to let them down because every step of the way they were there for me and I wanted to be there for them. And I am so proud to have worked with these folks and to have them in my life. I, I, I love this, this, uh, this, uh, this leadership journey that I've been on because my journey has been, it's been phenomenal, you know, and I love, I totally agree with and love the quote, fortune favors the bold. My leadership journey has not always been smooth. I'll tell you that, you know, I, I love telling the great stuff, but, uh, but it has not always been smooth. Uh, absolutely not. There have been times along this journey that I've encountered doubters, a lot of them, backbiters, people that I thought were on my team and turns out that they were working against me. People that I had done so much for, for their career. And I had helped them move them from one area to another, promoted them and supported them and found out later that they were being disloyal. So there are bumps in the road. There were bumps in the road for me, but let me tell you, I have never ever regretted my time in public service. I have never regretted helping someone else's career. I've never regretted the late nights, the early mornings that I spent doing my job for census. I believe in the mission of every agency, every level of public service that I've been in, I believed in the mission. I can never ever be a part of anything that I don't believe in. And trust me, I've had some great opportunities in my, in my career. I, I worked it, you know, I worked in private industry, great job in private industry. I also worked for and was a leader at one of the largest and most impactful nonprofits in the world. Habitat for Humanity International. I had gr I have great lessons that I learned there at each of those, those stops along the way. But I must say, the person that I am, and I'm kind of proud of the person that I am. Okay, a little bit of that. Okay, I'm, a, I'm proud of the person that I am. And that is because of the people that impacted my life throughout my public service career. Yes, I'm big on public service. And you know, when you think about where you want your life to be, I think back to what Harry, the late Harry Jones said to me, 
He said, you could make no better choice than to be in public service. And you know what? He was right. And I do, I, I appreciate the taxpayers for allowing me the opportunity to making space for me. I appreciate every agency, every department, every person I've ever worked with. I thank you and I thank them for the work that they allowed me to do. And I say that it has been a privilege to work in public service. It's not always easy. It's not well paid. You won't, you won't, you know, go to work for a public work in public service and become a millionaire. But every night when you go to sleep, you will know that you have impacted someone's life. You know that the person may not know who you are. You may not know who that person is, but in public service, you work to serve the public. And so guys, I, I, as you can tell, I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, public service and I'm really passionate about uh, careers in public service. That's why I took June and I'm taking July to talk more about public service and to have others to come on and to talk about their public service journey. And this snippet, just a snippet uh, of my public service uh, journey and my leadership journey uh, through public service, I hope it has been helpful and I hope it has been enlightening for you because I have through my public service career, I have lifelong friends. I have friends that I know I can count on them if I needed them and they know they can count on me. I have great achievements that I can point to and say, I was a part of that. Uh, the 2000 census where I was, uh, in that dual hatted role, it was labeled the good census. And I received a bronze medal for my work on that. I have a boatload of what my girlfriend calls rocking chair memories. And those memories are some that I will always cherish my friendships, the things that I've learned, uh, just, just the understanding of the, just the enormity of public service and, and how, how important and necessary it is uh, for the way of life that we have. I hope that you will consider uh, a, a career in public service, or if you're in public service, just kind of, you know, straighten your back, throw your shoulders back because you're doing great work. And I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm from a third generation uh, military family. We're a Navy family. It's in my blood, it's in my genes to give back. My mother, my father, my brothers, we all believe in giving back. And I love this country. I love public service. I love what I have been able to do. So thank you for listening to me. Like I said, I'm my own guest today and I hope it has been uh, as good for you as it has been for me. I've had a fascinating journey in public service. And now I've been an entrepreneur for 19 years and it all started with uh, that first job in, in public service and then that passion that was instilled in me. So let me say this to you for the rest of the month, you're going to hear from other leaders in public service. And I've also, I also include in public service, those in education. So I've got some great guests coming on, uh, this month, uh, and they, you'll be hearing from Marcus Coleman. You hear from Rachel Torres. You'll hear from Lena Matezzi and you're here from Daryl Madden. These are wonderful, exciting individuals who are doing phenomenal work in their respective areas of public service. Please stay tuned, not only for the rest of this podcast, but also stay tuned 
if you would, for the rest of the month. Tell somebody else to listen in. You will be inspired. You will be enlightened because they'll talk about things with regards to their area of public service that you probably didn't know. So th this will be great for you. And I know it will be great for me because as you know, I'm always super stoked about all of my guests. Guys, thanks for, for listening and thanks for tuning in. Please remember to subscribe and tell others to subscribe because we're doing some great stuff here at Common Sense Leadership Influencer Podcast. I'd, I would encourage you to take a real close look at public service. You will be glad you did. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and thanks for listening in. Thanks for tuning in and for supporting me. I don't take your support for granted. I am both grateful and humbled. Join us next week for another episode. And remember to subscribe and ask others to subscribe. Go to our website at commonsenseleadership.org for more detail. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast and omni-channel experience is brought to you by the Walter Cates Foundation the entertainment and telecommunication industry's leading national foundation dedicated to advocacy around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we are proud to have them as our signature partner. We are very grateful for their generosity and for their support. To learn more, visit waltercates.org. Thank you for joining Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Visit our website, commonsenseleadership.org for more details. See you next week.